Welcome to episode 82 of the Nutanix Community Podcast with Dwayne Lesnar and Angelo Luciani. Let's get started. This week, I continue my talk with NPX Renee Vandenbetum about education and certification. We chat about the expert and master panel-based exams, which are likely the most stressful exam models you will take. Another quick plug here, check out Nutanix.com forward slash certifications for special deals and offers. And let me know on Twitter if we helped encourage you to get a certification this year. So with that, let's join the conversation. Welcome back, Renee. Good to be back, Angela. So in this episode, we're going to talk through one of the most stressful certification models, at least I think, which is the expert and master panel-based exams. It's usually the highest level certification, and you need to demonstrate that you're able to design and deliver a solution. So let's begin with the Nutanix Platform Expert, or NPX. Renee, what is the NPX program all about? Uh, so when you look at the earlier levels of certi- certification, associate, uh, professional, advanced, et cetera, et cetera, that is more about the what and the how. Uh, these expert-level certifications, in particular, the MPX program is all about the why. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? And coming up with uh, the reasons for that. Uh, and it can be a little subtle, Um when you're talking about the why, uh, a lot of people think that there is a hard and fast rule. There's a hard and fast answer for each of the design decisions that you made. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in fact, it's a matter of opinion a lot of the time. And it really comes down to the customer requirements that you're trying to meet Mm -hmm. would be the short answer to that question. Mm -hmm. And so this is probably one of the biggest exams uh, someone will likely take at this uh panel panel based exam and as it relates to NPX how do you how do you even get started and what are some of the prerequisites and stages to kind of go through yeah so the first thing is to get your NCP so NCP is about the what uh, then you would get your NCAP NCAP is more about the how uh, so once you've got those two two certificates then you're ready to start building your application so typically you're going to be basing it upon the real world, so a project that you've done recently. Uh, and typically, you would have done some some type of design for that customer, but it may not be up to the NPX standard. So we have architectural criteria that we need to meet. So things like operational simplicity, manageability, uh, performance, security, et cetera, et cetera, where uh qualifying our design decisions with uh, the types of architectural principles that we're meeting. And then we're tying those back to the customer requirements. So a customer might have uh, a performance requirement. Maybe that's all they care about is highly performing solutions. So there you would be tying everything back to a highly performing solution, but you would also try to be covering recoverability and availability availability and manageability, et cetera, et cetera, to provide the simplest design with the least complexity. Uh, So then um, 
your design documentation, that's just not enough. You obviously also need a test plan of some type. You need a migration plan. You need uh, project management. What are the resources? What's the schedule? What are the phases that you're going through? Uh, the operations of the solution, so standard operating procedures. So when you hand the solution over to the customer, are you just going to give it to them and let them figure it out? So at the MPX level, the answer would be no. So you need operational procedures as well, some type of knowledge transfer, et cetera, et cetera. And it's all about minimizing risk while uh, delivering business value. Uh, and then once we get through the submission, it gets reviewed by Nutanix. Or in fact, the uh, NPX program of Nutanix, which is run by Mark Brunstad at the moment. And then from there, uh, you'll be given an invite to defend and then you would start preparing. And uh, on the day of the defence, you go through, I think it's nearly three hours of, of panel defences, which is broken up into three phases. Uh, so the first phase is you defend your design. And then the second phase is you do a mock design scenario and a mock troubleshooting scenario. And that is on uh, the second hypervisor. And and do folks, have you seen folks run out of time or do folks typically run out of time? Uh, very, very common mistake. Uh, so time management is one of the soft skills that you need to have mastered. So you should always be looking at the clock and plotting your course, making sure that you're not going down rabbit holes. Uh, because the way the panelists work is it's it's like in a court of law. You cannot lead, you cannot lead the witness. Mm. So the panelists cannot lead the candidate. So everything that you do has to be uh, based upon your own knowledge uh, and your own momentum and trajectory. Uh, and the panelists will be asking you very general open-ended questions. And then as you dig for what they're really asking for, uh, that is how you, you answer the question. So with that open-ended approach, it's very easy for an, an MPX candidate to, to run out of time because they're spinning their wheels going in the wrong direction. Right. And in terms of length of time for stages, is this like, a, you know, from the time you submit your design docs to the time you're defending, uh, is that is that typically a three-month thing, a six-month um, time frame? Uh, from when you – so typically it's a two- to three-month window. You'll be – you'll submit. It'll all get reviewed. It'll get accepted. And then typically from when you're accepted, six to eight weeks later, you will have defended and got mm -hmm. your result. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and the entire incubation process from the day that you start, so start with your first NCP, uh, work your way all the, all the way through, could be anything from nine months to a year, end to end. Right. So at a high level, get all your documentation ready, design documents, submit them, then wait to um, whether they're accepted, wait for yep. a defense, and then go in for the defense. And then once that's done, you'll 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 find out whether you you got it or not. Yeah, and uh, when you defend, you typically find out on the day. So oh, at the okay. moment, we're at NPX twenty two. Mm. So there's 22 people that have been MPX certified since 2015. So mm. that's over five years. Uh, and Mark Brunstad will normally go through the entire review with the panelists after the defense is finished. And typically within an hour, he'll let you know. 
Yeah, that's always good to get that uh, immediate uh, feedback on whether you passed or not. That's always great. It is. It is nice because sitting around for weeks checking your email. Yeah, yeah. So does the blueprint play a, uh, play a role in this type of exam? Is is it really that that important or is it? Yes. Yes? Okay. Yes, yeah, it's the backbone of the entire thing. Mm. Uh, the blueprint tells you what you need to do, what is required of you. Uh, and obviously behind the blueprint, the NPX program has the rubric, the scoring rubric that is obviously aligned to the blueprint. So the blueprint tells you everything you need to know. Uh, and when I say everything you need to know, it tells you what you need to do. It doesn't tell you how you need to do it. That's up to you to work out. And the same goes for the why. Everything that you design, the why is completely up to you. They just explain in the blueprint, here are the criteria that you're going to be judged against. Hmm. Right. So Nutanix is all about simplicity. And why is it that we need an expert certification if Nutanix solutions are so easy to use? So Nutanix has designed their solutions to be as simple to deploy and as easy to operate as possible. But when you plug a Nutanix solution into an enterprise, that is not a greenfield solution. It's typically a brownfield. So the rest of the enterprise is incredibly complicated. So when you are designing a Nutanix solution, you obviously have integration points into the rest of the uh, IT enterprise environment of that customer. Um, so that means everything to do with monitoring and management, logging, uh, operations, disaster recovery, information security, data protection, uh, the application and database framework, how all that fits together. Um, you need to address those integration points. So that's the reason why the MPX program was created. So mm -hmm. that for global 2000 companies that need this level of skill set, we have people that have been certified in, in deploying and designing Nutanix solutions uh, for customers who operate at that level. Right. And I know sometimes going uh, studying for these exams can be a, a lonely um, uh, experience unless you're you've teamed up with um, a mentoring group or or a study group. But I know we uh, Nutanix does offer NPX boot camps, and I, I wanted to ask your experience and you know would you recommend taking one and what does a typical week look like at these boot camps? Yeah, so definitely it is certainly worth doing the boot camp. I know they're remotely run now, obviously, with the lockdown and COVID. Uh, a lot of value there. Uh, it's like a mini NPX program. Uh, they take you through uh, the slide deck and they have the education component and then you are broken up into teams of three, I think it is, or teams of four. And then for each uh, section of instruction, you go through like a one hour or two hour um, period of time where you come up with a design and then you do a mini panel defense where in front of the NPX uh, certified individuals who are the, who are the instructors for this bootcamp, uh, you get to experience, okay, how, how do I, how do I describe my solution? How, and you get to the feeling of the pressure test. Mm. Yeah. Okay. The why, the how, the what, uh, and it's a great way to upskill um, and get ready for uh, going for NPX formally. 
Must be a real exhausting uh, week. At at the end, you must really feel like you've accomplished a lot. Yeah, I think so. I think the people that are genuinely, genuinely interested in architecture design, and mm-hmm. um, particularly the Nutanix ecosystem, they have a lot of fun because you're you're actively learning, and it's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not you, you're not sitting there watching an instructor drone on for hours. It's very interactive. Uh, and there's a lot of breaks for doing design work yourself, and you're under the pressure to learn really quickly. So uh, for a certain type of person, it's a great week. So when preparing for your defense and on the day of the defense, what goes through your mind? I, I, and I know that this is, uh, can be stressful for a lot of folks, knowing that you know in a few short hours they're going to have to present in front of a panel and um, explain their design decisions. Yeah, so the key word there is preparation. So definitely you want to prepare so that you perform the best on the day. Uh, So there would have been study group, uh, working on your slide deck, going through mocks, uh, and that way the day of the defence, you know you've done everything possible in your power to to be ready for the panel. Uh, And that also includes the, the mock the mock troubleshooting and mock design sessions. Uh, So if you've done all the prep and you get a good night's sleep, the day of the defense is is too, well, particularly for me. I'll just explain how I felt. So I was uh, very uh, eager to get it over and done with, uh, and I was looking forward to it, Mm. testing my skills against the panel, but I was also quietly nervous. uh, And... What it really comes down to is when you get into the defence and you actually start, that first two or three minutes is uh, a little rocky. You know, you, you have to get started. But once you get started, it, it just goes very quickly. It's like a time vortex. Right. You kind of have to find your your, your feet, if you will. Um, your groove, your rhythm. Yeah. That's uh, right. And the, th- the trick there, as long as you've done your prep and you're used to working under pressure, um, there should be no problem. Mm. Uh, it's when you go in unprepared, that's the issue. <laughs> that's when it can turn into uh, can turn into a bit of a sad story. Um, and can you over-prepare for these things? I mean, can you just yes. over-engineer it, uh, your, yes. your, you know, your answers, et cetera, that you just go in and, you know, it, it's just yep. you're a little lost? Yep. Very easy to do. Very easy to get uh, a little too over-enthusiastic and let your nerves get to you. Mm. You start blathering. Yep. Right. Very easy to do. So that's, that really comes down to experience and time management and being able to think on your feet, listen to the question that's being asked, not just say the first thing that comes into your mind, mm. uh, and then actually dig for what they're asking for you know, the particular mm-hmm. design decision that they have in mind. Uh, for example, they might be, your your customer design may have been very availability uh, focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you select an RF2 um, availability setting for your storage containers, right? And if you have a very high availability requirement, it may have been better to go with RF3, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not going to ask you that exact question. They're going to say, hey, so, uh, hey, please tell me about uh, how your availability design decisions for storage impacted your customer, hmm. right? So they're not going to call it right out. You have to dig for it. Uh, and it really is a matter of um, it's like playing tennis, yeah? Hmm. You, 
to play tennis well, you want a good you want a good partner to uh, to be playing tennis with you. Um, if you've got a, a pro player and an amateur, it's not a lot of fun, right? Because yeah. uh, you you get overwhelmed. So, yeah. and I think. Um this kind of goes into the next question in terms of what types of skills do you need to be successful with uh, NPX? And I would just throw out there that I always encourage folks to present at a user group, their local user group meeting to kind of start building up the presentation skills. I know we, we do it uh, maybe every day at the office where, where we're presenting to executives or our team, but sometimes getting out into user groups and presenting you kind of build up those um, presentation skills, being in front of people, speaking in public, and and that always helps. Um, so, what what, yeah, what other types of skills do you think you need to be successful uh, with an MPX? So, I would actively agree with that for sure. Definitely, being comfortable, being uncomfortable mm-hmm. is uh, is the key here. Uh, a lot of customer face time, being used to presenting at the VP and C level, the value of your solution. Uh, and not so much speeds and feeds, but describing the business value. Mm. And here is the business problem that we're solving. That's the part that a lot of NPX candidates really struggle with because they're so used to talking about speeds and feeds with mm. technical team leaders and SMEs of the customer. They completely miss the boat on uh, logical design and business value and business goals and risk management. Mm. And the, it's a certain way of speaking. You just have to learn it. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, let me also add that writing blogs help a lot to clarify your thinking. Um, you, you'll find that as you write, it really helps stretch what you're trying to say. Um, and you're not, you can't, you can't sort of uh, hide behind um, a lot of terms that that are industry terms you know you really need to explain it because you're writing for a broader audience so that's another other space to that can help yeah that's actually a very good point so to be successful as an mpx you really do have to enjoy documentation yeah which means you have to have a lot of skill with the written word Mm. and uh, like you said blogging is a great way to actually when you put pen into paper you actually have to know what you're talking about Mm. and the sign of someone who's a good writer, they're able to take complex concepts and abstract them to very simple principles so that they can convey, okay, here's what we're talking about. Mm. Uh, And another adage I suppose would be watch one, do one, teach one. Yeah. Once you've learned something and then you actually have to teach to someone that really pushes you to fully understand whatever Mm. you're teaching inside and out so when you're up there presenting to the to the panel is there a point in the process that you get a sense that things might not be going your way you know what so so sort of what happens if you you do fail how do you know if your answers are right or wrong and are there any bad answers yeah so like back to the analogy of the court of law there is no leading the witness it's not allowed. So when you're defending in front of a panel, they do not give anything away. Uh, so it is very, very difficult to judge where you're at. Uh, and that's where it comes down to to experience. Um, so when they're asking their questions, you'll be digging and looking for the actual thing that they want you to, to describe and answer the why for. When 
uh, you've correctly answered something, they will typically move on to another subject. Right. right? Um, but when they move you on, there is also the risk that maybe you didn't fully answer that question because they don't want you to be wasting your time going down the rabbit hole. Uh, so it's very hard to judge. Uh, I've been through this process, I think, seven or eight times, eight times now. Um, so I was successful six times and I failed twice with mm. the different expert and master level certs that I've done. Uh, and every time I came out of a defense, there was still, there was, I wasn't 100% certain that I'd passed because uh, it's such a tough process. Uh, and they don't give anything away. You have no idea what they're thinking, whether you're scoring well or scoring badly. Um, you just have your own inner barometer to, to, to go by. Are there any bad answers? So design decisions are very much a matter of opinion. As, you can, as long as you can tie back your design decision to an architectural principle and also to a customer requirement in a way that makes sense, then... Uh, it's not a bad design decision. And another architect might might do it another way. Uh, and it's like the saying, all roads lead to Rome, mm. right? And you can do it one way or the other. A lot of it comes down to a matter of opinion. But one of the things that is definitely a no-no in the architectural world is complex solutions where complexity makes no sense. Mm. As long as you're always in, using a, the simplest solution possible, that there is the is kind of like the the, the true north of, of design. Simplicity while minimizing risk and meeting the customer's requirements. And finally, Renee, um, whether you pass or fail, is there a debrief at some point on how how you you performed um, or a, a debrief just in general? Uh, there is. So all of the expert master programs out there uh, they'll give you give you your result, and then typically a week to two weeks later, you'll get a breakdown of of the panelists' feedback mm -hmm. of where they th which blueprint areas uh, they felt you uh, that you failed on, and then it's up to you to decide whether you want to circle back and and have another shot at uh, at resubmitting your documentation uh, and doing the defence again. Uh, and when you don't pass, and you'll notice I deliberately say you have not passed rather than fail. Right. Uh, it's just part of it's part of the learning process. So if you don't make it through MPX, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It's just a part of your journey. Mm. Um, and the amount of courage it takes to actually step up and go for it in the first place, just, just to get that far to be defending on the day there is so much work in there yeah. you're almost uh it, it's it's a participation trophy right you getting to that is hey it's actually quite an achievement just to be here standing in front of the panelist yeah. uh and then depending upon um the gaps in your knowledge uh it may be a heavy lift to fill up those gaps and go for it again or maybe it's a small amount of work you know it all depends everyone's different Right. And I don't think we touched on this, but a lot of these expert exams, um, there's a fee associated, you know, they, they range from free to, to, uh, to a fee in our, in, in this case with the NPX program, this is a, a free, a free, pr free program to take, right? 
Correct, yeah. And that's actually almost uh, unheard of at this level. Uh, all of the other vendors out there that are doing this, you're in for thousands of US dollars to get through the process. Uh, and Nutanix is completely offering the boot camp we talked about and also the MPX exam. Uh, the, the process is, is completely free. And that's a great example of Nutanix is investing in uh, the partners and the customers and the architects that work on the Nutanix uh, ecosystem. Well, that's great, Renee. Thanks for that uh, insight into the NPX program. Thanks, Angela. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to check out all the great content on the Nutanix community at next.nutanix.com. There you'll find our community blog, updates on Nutanix user groups, and of course, Nutanix certification and education information. So with that, from your friends here at Nutanix, have a great week.